This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is Mutual. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. It is the year 2015, and life has lost all meaning. What once was up is down, what once was right is wrong. And those who dare to make a podcast which subversively reanimates the dead art of radio theater are considered dangerous criminal outcasts. Driven into exile, four pungent brigands risk their lives to broadcast from a South Seas barge crudely fashioned from the disintegrating corpse of an ancient titan and several thousand yards of cooking twine to bring you the triumph, the majesty, the sublimity of rude alchemy. Prepare yourself, dear listener, for a journey of such utter ecstasy, it will consume your every waking moment. For this time, on Rude Alchemy, we are proud to present Carver Cranebottom, Bone Detective. Carver Cranebottom Bone Detective is brought to you by Gus O'Reilly's Breadline Placeholding Service. Don't whine, let Gus stand in line. Great gouts of fog, thunderheads of the stuff, plodding like some ghost-white behemoth across the inky night, fog so rich you'd think it was a galloping wave of ice cream you could perhaps dip your finger in, and wanting to preserve those small tastes of summer through the palsied winter nights, you could then dribble the spoils into the warm recesses of your beard. Or if you're a lady, into the warm recesses of your armpit beard. Or leg beard, or nether beard. Sorry, sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. But women were disgusting hairy monsters then. This was Europe, after all, in the 19th century. Did I forget to mention that? Yes, yeah, yeah, it's it's 18-something. It's the past, anyway. And Europe, England specifically. (sighs) Where was I? Uh, 1800s England. Uh, Yes, fog! Ethereal fog, amorphous fog, rolling like a torrent, cloaking the rooftops, carpeting the cobblestones, and just beyond, the lamplit glow of the city, 
descending into darker territory. There, in the unpeopled night, as the spuming mists spill all around, a group of men are hard pursuing some secret labor. That's it, lads. Put your backs into it. Twenty pounds to the first man who brings our treasures to light. Twenty pounds? Here, Professor Ornsby, bring that lantern over here. Ooh, thirsties! Oh, bloody hell. Over here, Professor! Who's that? Is that you, Paul? It's me, Professor Hornsby. I think I've got something here. Saying it's me in the dark isn't really going to get us anywhere, but let's have a look. Is that it? For God's sake, Professor, it's only a bit of bone. Not what you were expecting, Barry. I don't care what it is, as long as I get my 20 quid for thirsties. You was promising treasures. My dear fellow, if only you knew what treasure this is. Professor Hornsby. The incomprehensible history contained within this book. Professor Hornsby. It predates any other skeletal discoveries in all of England. Professor Hornsby. Yes, Paul, what is it? I still get the 20 quid for thirsties, don't I? Stop saying thirsties. And yes, all in good time. In what time? Don't be so short-sighted, man. Why, the value of just a fragment of this bone would provide for all of us for the rest of our natural lives. You don't say. And there's dozens more yet to be unearthed. So put your backs into it now. The men dug with a fury new awakened while Professor Hornsby hobbled to and fro, casting the lantern's weak glow about their pit. Twenty pounds to the first man who brings our treasures to life. While far off on the top of the hill, an early rising parson discerned their little nest of light amongst that sea of frothy fog. And just before the dawn broke, he heard their harrowed screams. Later that morning... Parson Partridge, I'm Police Constable Runyon. This is Police Constable Basil. It's such a relief you're here, Constables. No worries, Parson. We'll sort this out for you in no time at all. No time at all? But it's going to take some time, isn't it? Well, certainly it will take some time. I was just trying to put the parson at ease is all. Right. Well, you're hardly going to put him at ease if you're lying to him from the start. It's an expression, really. I would hardly call it lying. Oh, so it's pop in. Hello, how are you? Right, your problem solved. No time at all, is it? Well, technically, what you did just took some time, even. Are you getting smart with me? No. Right so, Parson. Don't worry about Constable Basilton. He's new. Bit of a rookie. So, you say you heard screaming, but you didn't actually see anything. That's correct. I heard the screams around the time the thunderstorm rolled in. Uh, terrible screams, but I saw nothing because of the fog. I sent a message to you this morning before setting off to approach the site, but, but the stench, you see, the stench was truly horrid. I could get no closer than some 50 yards off before I had to turn back. Right, so we'll go have a look then, shall we? The two constables wound their way down the hill towards the site of the dig. Who, Runyon, who farted? Was it you? What did you say? Who, but it does stink. It's just as the parson described. But do you remember there being a thunderstorm last night? Hold. Who's that? Hold, you... Don't move! He's not really moving to begin with, is he? He's not presently, no, but I shan't want him to dash off and disappear into the wilds. The wilds of the wide, open fields. There are hedges. Paul and Barry digging away. Uh He's still alive. Good God, what is all this? Digging away, away, away. 
What is that you say? Twenty pounds to the first man who brings our treasures to light. I've never seen anything like this, have you? I haven't. But I may know someone who has. He's an expert archaeologist. Something of a savant, really. But he's also a bit of an eccentric. Well, that's all right. And womanizer. Huh, who isn't? An amateur chemist. Okay. He's a black belt in karate. Uh-huh. A cricket goalie. Really? An absinthe mixologist. This goes on for some time. Union Perhaps you'd like to take a moment to top off your cup of tea or chef. fetch a fresh oh. biscuit? Very gifted That's lover. British, isn't it? Tea and biscuits. He's an and, uh, minister. Let's see what else. Cricket for sport. <laughs> and uh, oh, colonialism. Horrible, bloody, genocidal colonialism. Meteorologist. And his blood type is the universal O. All right, Basil, let's see this man. Atop the soft, quaking timbers of a sleep-sodden bed, where little light enters is stained a raspberry from thick, tightly drawn curtains, their dusty, dull red ripples resembling folds of human flesh, and that pastry-warm light. And there now slips the skin-colored bevel of an exquisite calf, the leg of a woman, soft and pink, naked, almost shimmering in its supple shape. Seems she has shaved this leg. Good for her. It's good for him, too. Huh? <laughs> oh, my. A bum! There's a bum! A bum is peeking out! Oh, wouldn't you know, the bum appears to be pretty hairless, too. Wow. So she must be a trendsetter or. Interruption of the softness with the knocking! What the deuce was that? I already did. What? I already do. Stop. Just stop right there. Hello? Who's there, I say? It's me. Not you. Father? Basil? Jessa. Jessa, I know your name is Jessa, Jessa. Are you repeating it so you won't forget? What? Ridiculous. Basil! Carver? Come in, come in. Carver, I'm indisposed. Nonsense, you're naked. That's what I meant. That's not what you said. If now's not a good time... Hush now, Baz. We'll just fetch a robe for Jessie. Jessa! My pet name for her, of course. Off you go, my dear. And who is this sturdy-looking fellow? Police Constable Runyon. Runyon, how do you do? Carver Cranebottom, PhD. Is it all right if we have a few moments? Certainly, certainly. This is police business, is it? Not a chat with an old mate? Baz and I came up in the old orphanage together. I told Constable Runyon of our history. Hard times, those. Of course, there were plenty of gay times, too. In those days, gay just meant happy. Not that there's anything wrong with the other. You know, I just... I don't want you to get the wrong impression, but this was not that. Of course, there was the occasional queer time as well. Queer meant strange. And every now and then, the brief but magical bum-tickling time. I cannot speak for that. Yes, sorry, just police business today, I'm afraid. Well, I can tell you I've been in all night. You can ask Jephthah. Jessa! Jephthah is a man's name! When did you learn so much? It's not about last night. Well, it is technically, but it's not about you. Well, then why on earth are you here, old Baz? Well, it has to do with your expertise, you see. Does he mean... Jesus, Jessica, where did you come from? Jessa, and I've been here the whole time. I thought you were fetching a robe. These gentlemen can't spend the whole day ogling your perfectly sculpted thighs and buttocks, not to mention your... Actually, Mr. Cranebottom. Dr. Cranebottom, if you please. I don't have a robe here. This is your house. Ah, it is, isn't it? Must be why they've come calling for me here. Why did you come calling for me again? Your expertise. Archaeology? No. Cryptoanthropology? Not quite. Bones! 
I thought you said he was an expert on bonery. Oh, he is. Oh, I am. Aw, thank you, Vanessa. (laughs) Poor thing. Well, gentlemen, where are these bones you're so anxious about? That's the problem. You see, Carve, the bones are missing. And so are the poor fellows who are digging them up. The good doctor and the good constables returned to the site of the excavation. There, Carver Cranebottom studied the castings left by the enormous bones that had very recently occupied the muddy pit. The stench had dissipated somewhat, but the constables stood with their mouths handkerchiefed while the bone detective worked. Any ideas, Carve? The imprints are much too large to be human or any beast of the modern era. I suppose they might belong to a dinosaur, but... The impressions they left behind are so perfect, it, it is as though they had been entirely untouched for centuries before being torn from the earth. It's who did the tearing that we're interested in. Someone with incredible skill and tremendous strength, I can assure you. And you say there is only one surviving witness? A professor of ancient history or some such thing. Apparently the leader of the dig, but a regular lunatic now, Carve. He's gone mad with whatever he's seen. They have him at the St. Morris Asylum. I should like to speak with him. A waste of your time. Nevertheless... The whimpered hoots and hellborn howls reverberate from the stony walls of St. Morris Asylum. People by the dribble stained and shaky eyed, those timeless, fierce bearded martyrs of society's unwashed nether plain. Yes, there, that sooty, groinal, lice infested pinch of flesh and foulness, where either sits a sopping cave of horrors or dangling mallet to perfuse it. Yes, I'm speaking of the nasty bits, the private parts. Not the delicious golden apple globes or soft hilly rumps, but the dirty place where babies are made and wine goes to die. There where... Oh, where... What? Damn it, I've gotten lost in the metaphor. Uh, Something about crotch-like filthiness, uh, Oh, St. Morris Asylum, yes. There, in that castle of crazies, the... Bone-hungry trio made their way. I'm sorry, sirs, but Professor Hornsby is still being evaluated. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, Uh, I think I should clarify the unintended double entendre there. The bones over which they are hungry are actual bones and not some kind of childish slang. I'm sorry, sirs, but Professor Hornsby... For penises. Sorry. Sorry. Please carry on. I'm sorry, sirs, but Professor Hornsby is still being evaluated. It does not seem he is communicating coherently. Coherent or not, I should still like to speak to the man. The evaluation will likely last several more hours. That long? Yes. Or maybe that long, eh? I don't know. You can see what I'm doing, right? That long? Or maybe that long? Yes, I can see you. Sight gags are difficult to register amongst the great cauldron of wit and repartee that have doused the story thus far. Uh, Suffice it to say that Constable Basilton is making a joke about penises, the size of them in particular, and the fact that Carver Crane Bottoms is probably quite large. Again, uh, well, you know. You see it? Yes, I see it. He's not actually showing it to her, it being his friend's penis. My hands? You see what I'm doing with my hands? I certainly do. It's really not what you think. That's enough of that. I need to speak to the professor. Now, constables, break down this door. Basilton, I'm not certain he's actually behind that door. Why, Runyon? Afraid I might be on to something? Only if you want to be on to breaking into a closet. Why on earth would I want such a thing? Aha! And? 
It appears to be a closet. Nurse, whose jacket is this? I'm not sure, sir. Aha! It's my jacket. Still could be aha. We don't know who he is. Who are you? I'm Dr. Thane. I'm still holding out. I have been examining Professor Hornsby while you have been harassing my staff and smashing my doors. And what news, Doctor? Are you certain the man was a professor? As far as we know. Well, the man seems more a sportsman than a professor. The scars from the bear trap on his right hand seem proof enough of that. You don't say. Anyway, we are not likely to know the truth of that story. The man has not communicated anything in the Queen's English since arriving this morning. Has he communicated in something other than the Queen's English? He'd be hard-pressed to find someone who'd know, except in some of the old drooly beards around here. Not long ago, he'd begun scribbling this. What's that? Give it here. That's nonsense. Pure chicken scratch, I'd say. But it looks to be the same pattern over and over. Uh, pattern or not, the doctor's right. It's other nonsense. To the untrained eye, it might appear to be. Who are you calling untrained? Well, Runyon, I'm pretty sure he was calling you untrained. Unless you weren't calling me untrained, were you, Carl? No, right? Probably you were calling Runyon untrained. Right? I was calling Constable Runyon untrained. Aha! Well, his eye, really. I was calling his eye untrained. His eye is part of him, so I stand by my aha. What the devil are you going on about? What you call chicken scratch is actually a cipher, a code, written in runes unused since antiquity. Perhaps the professor's mind is shut down, so only the sections retaining his knowledge of ancient languages remains active. This is his way of communicating the horrors we have seen. Well, what does it all mean, Carl? I'm afraid I haven't the slightest clue, but I know someone who might. The estate of Dr. Wesley Denderduff, high atop Hobblehead Hill, its dark stone towers reaching like steeples to the curling clouds of dusk. The courageous constables and learned libertine await in the entry hall, while all about them the evening's candles are lit, and farther without, the first stars of twilight shimmer into existence. Bit of a cold reception, eh, Carl? Bit of a cold history, Baz. Dr. Danderduff was my patron, as you will remember. He was the one responsible for my moving out of orphanage and into university. But as my education accelerated, I was able to surpass him in many regards. The old doctor got a bit jealous, did he? I cannot say I blame him. I was something of a protege. But where I was able to expertly locate and identify all manner of artifact, both organic and non, his facility for ancient languages was unrivaled. He still remains the greatest cryptographer I know. Cryptographer? Like babies? In cribs? No, Runyon, you idiot. Cryptographer, like exploring ancient crypts. Actually, I'm afraid you're both off. Cryptography is the art of solving codes. You don't say. Because Basilton here was so convinced he had it right, he took to calling me his partner an idiot. Your guess was far more idiotic than mine. Was it? Was it really? I'd say we were both pretty far off. Oh, so you're admitting you were off? Uh, I am. Carver, I'm sorry, but we must alert the presses. Constable Ned Runyon just admitted he was wrong about something. Oh, bugger off. After you. Gentlemen. Who's that? It's the butler. Huh. It's about time. Master Danderduff will see you now. Right then, lead on. Not you, gentlemen. Just Dr. Cranebottom. That won't be possible, fellow. 
We are here on official police business. Then Master Danderduff suggests you gentlemen charge him with a crime against the laws of Her Majesty the Queen, with whom he has kept an audience on more than several occasions. See here, constables. He'll be more willing to help us out if I go alone. It'll be all right. Up the stone stairs winding high into a tower, past a hallway of taxidermied beasts, each one fiercer than the last, their black, soulless eyes ever watchful in the gloom. Wait, wait. Did that one just move? Oh, St. John of God, I think that boar with the saber-like tusk just lifted its forehoof. Is it looking at me? Don't look at me! Don't! Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, oh, excuse me. I am so sorry. It just really looked like... Uh, never mind. Carver Crane Bottom and the spooky nameless butler arrived at a door flanked by two great arctic bears, their white coats dimmed to a dull grey in the underlit hall. Dr. Carver Crane Bottom. Well, well, well. What a special day. Carver Cranebottom in my home. And he's brought the police. I'm consulting with them. Bone detecting, eh? As you say, some bones have gone missing. I don't have them. I never said you did. And what do I owe the pleasure? It's been ages. Wes. Dr. Danderduff, if you please. Doctor, something unbelievable has happened. These missing bones are frightfully enormous. They should be older than the Colosseum, yet their castings are in perfect condition. Now they've been spirited away, seemingly lifted by the very angels themselves. The only remaining member of the team who executed the dig is in St. Morris Asylum blowing bubbles in his milk, and now he's started writing in runic code. And that's why you've come to me, is it? Want me to help you on your fantastical missing bone adventure? When was the last time you ever had to ask for help with anything? Oh, come now, Wes. Don't let your pride sour the opportunity to do some real good here. Real good? What's so real good about wasting my time with the scribblings of a man you have attested is stark raving man? Well, you won't even look at it. Why should I? To play the preposterous game of a spoiled rascal? Why, you foolish, short-sighted, jealous old shell of a man. Look at you. Clutching my lapels so fiercely. What do you intend to do? Shake me into submission? Apologies for the interruption, sir, but a message has just arrived for you marked urgent. Good heavens! Release my master at once! Shall I show Dr. Cranebottom out, sir? Or would you rather I summon the constables who accompanied him? Quite all right, Deborah. Let's have the message, then off with you. As it pleases you, sir. His. His name is Deborah? Yes, it's an old family name. People might scoff at your name too, you know. Carver, how scandalous. Another old family name, I suppose. The only gift I retain from my true parents, as you know. Seems like it was some sort of self-fulfilling prophecy. What with the brutish way you jostled me just now. I'm sorry, Wes. This case has me near to obsession already. You know how my curiosity can ravage my manner. But I do hate it when you continue to treat me like a child. Of course, of course. How did you feel 
inconsequential, incapable. No, 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 no. I meant how did you feel when you grasped me so savagely? I, well, I suppose I should leave you to your message. Good evening. Carver, let's have a look at that cipher of yours. Truly? Thank you for reconsidering, Wes. I mean, uh, Dr. Danderduff. Yes, yes, yes. If it's all right with you, I'll transcribe on the same scrap of paper. But of course. Very good. <clears throat> so, let's see. Hmm. Appears to be pre-Saxon. Vaguely... Ogum-like, in fact. Well, then. Ah. Here we are. Oh. Oh, good God! What? what? What is it, Wes? What does it say? Are you feeling flushed? Why are you opening the window? You'll catch cold. Wes? Wes? No! Good heavens! What's happened? He's thrown himself from the window. A likely story. Stay where you are. Constables, help! Help! My master is dead! the cipher say? Why did Dr. Danderduff leap to his death? Who names a spooky butler Deborah? As a cascade of approaching footfalls echo through the hall, Carver Cranebottom awaits the answers. Carver Cranebottom Bone Detective is brought to you by Huxley's Cacao Root Elixir. The secret ingredient is 40 years of tradition and cocaine. I hope you found that episode to be a visceral attack on the senses so overwhelming in its complexity that it caused you to abandon your deepest held beliefs like a mama koala tossing her cub into the gnashing maw of a leaping puma in order to save herself so she may once more taste the eucalyptus leaf twist and crunch in her bitter, infanticidal teeth. I know I did. Be sure to tune in next time, as if your now physically and chemically dependent brain would allow you any real choice in the matter. Rude Alchemy is Mr. Thomas Hodgkin, Mr. Andrew Kane, Mr. Andy Wertner, and Mr. Ryan Whalen. Carver Cranebottom Bone Detective Story by Mr. Wertner and Mr. Kane. This episode written and edited by Mr. Kane. Featuring the voices of Rude Alchemy with Mrs. Angela Wertner as Jessa and Mrs. Ashley Hodgkin as the nurse. Music composed by Mr. Benjamin J. Robb. For a listing of Creative Commons sound effects attributions, visit RudeAlchemy.com slash attributions. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Somewhere in the lush pastures just outside the Mutual Audio Network building. We're staying away again in Mad Doggeritaville. Lothar, give me the bottle. No. Now. No. Jack said we had to do this. For the AD community. Hey, Jan, we got your text. Hey, yeah, what's up? You said Brother Lothar needed us? Thanks, Jeff, Jack. Uh... Yeah, Lothar. He's 
Well, really wasted. And he won't stop drinking. I think this one's going to take all three of us. Well, I know he likes his cocktails, but isn't this a bit early, even for him? And why is he singing about Mad Dog 2020? Jan, what's this about? Lothar, overheard you talking about Mad Con 2020, and, well, he misheard. Wait. Are you saying that... Yeah, he thought you said there would be three days of Mad Dog 2020, not three days of Mad Con in 2020. And he's like been drinking that swill ever since. Getting out in the rain. Oh, let me talk to him. Thanks. I tried to tell him, but I think that stuff's already rotted what's left of his brain. Here, I'll take one for the team. <laughs> hey, brother. Hey, Jeff. You here for some Mad Dog 2020? Um, yeah, but uh, they were out at the store. Can I have a swig off yours? Of course, brother. Lothar, you shouldn't be drinking that. I'm not. (laughs) Jeff is. (laughs) No, 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 no. I mean, look, you heard us talking about Mad Dash Con 2020, not Mad Dog 2020. Uh, What's your bucket? Oh, 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 this stuff is almost as bad as Ripple. Mad Dash Con. The modern audio drama convention. It's the first convention of its kind. And it'll occur in 2020. A convention? Yes, yes. Producers, directors, writers, editors, composers, actors, and and fans of audio drama are going to come from all over to Halifax, Nova Scotia for the weekend of July 24th to the 26th of 2020. We have all sorts of things scheduled. We have recording sessions and workshops, panels, and the opportunity for folks, fans, and creators alike to meet in person. www.mad-con.com. That's mad-con.com. Has all the details, including how to register. That's... That was a really cool idea, man. Oh, that's much better than drinking this stuff. Oh... God, I've only had three sips, and I'm not sure I can feel my face. Oh, Come on, honey, let's get you back inside. Thanks, guys. No problem, Lady Jan. We're not going to let him live this one down anytime soon, are we? Oh, I should think not. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Remember to listen and drink responsibly, listeners. Mad Dash Con 2020. Not to be confused with any kind of fortified wine. This is the Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.